Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. You ready for the word this morning? Me too. I'm I'm doing something a little different as far as... um, not necessarily different in the sense that it's Christmas time and we're going to read a Christmas scripture, but we're going to go over the, the understanding of why Christmas, and that's what we've been doing, is, is we're looking at, first of all, this time period and what it is exactly we're celebrating. And it's, and it's beyond a birthday party. It's beyond Jesus being born specifically just him being born. It's the purpose of why and how this comes about. And this is so important because what we do is we see things that we would miss in a Christmas story and we get hold of things when we look at a Christmas truth. And so what I'm doing is is I'm wanting us to expand our understanding, expand our vision for this time so that we don't lose sight of what it is exactly we're doing. It's beyond just a day where we light a candle and throw up happy birthday, Jesus. It's something where we recognize that this is an impacting, life-changing experience. And so when we come into this time period, it's more than just one event as far as Jesus's birth. It's about the whole concept of why. Why Christmas? And that's what I want us to understand. Everybody got that? Because we want to know. I want to know the teaching of why God chose Mary and Joseph. Now, I want you to listen to me closely. Pay attention to exactly what I'm saying. And don't miss the words that I'm using. And what I'm going to ask you something is this. How many have heard the scripture God works in mysterious ways. Okay. Now, where is that scripture? I mean, you heard the scripture. Where is that scripture? Can someone turn it in the Bible and share it with us? It's not in the Bible. But I do this every year, don't I? There are so many things that we believe are scripture and they're not. Now, why is this important? Because there are so many things you believe that are biblical and they're not. They're not biblical. But I need you to recognize something in that what you believe to be scripture is what you build the foundation of your life on, even if it's not in the scripture. You guys hear this? Now, this is important because, listen, like you, many of you, I would raise my hand too because I didn't really know, but I assumed. I assumed that that God helps those who help themselves. Or is that in the scripture? That you won't find it. I assume that cleanliness is next to godliness. Because my mom would say that, so I figured it's got to be scripture, but it's not scripture. And then the other assumption is, well, then there must be scriptures that are backing up and it's not necessarily in the way it's written, but it means that. No, it doesn't. And that's what I want us to understand. It doesn't when it says God works in mysterious ways. There's no scripture that backs that up in the Bible for us because in the Bible, scripture, it consistently says Old Testament and New Testament that God wants us to know him and his ways. To know him, not to assume about him, not to feel about it or not to, you know, take a gamble. In the Bible, everybody say in the Bible, it says that God wants you to know him and to know how he works, how he operates. And then when you know him, you will learn principles, not only about him, but about us. 
Why Mary? Why Joseph? And then you start realizing, wait a minute, God works in a concise way, a precise way. And his ways aren't mysterious. And that's what I want us to know because God is saying, listen, in the old and the new, I want you to know me. I want you to know me. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to get to know him in this picture of how he chose Mary and Joseph. And I guarantee you, it's going to impact your life today and Monday. And that's what we want. We want to be impacted with the word of God that helps us elevate in our walk with Jesus to a way where now I'm going into December with a whole different mindset than just having a birthday party for Jesus. A whole different mindset. And I will start recognizing, wait a minute, I go into this this time period realizing, wait a minute, he picked Mary and Joseph and the same principles that he picked them, he's picking me to do great things for him. And he's picking you to do great things for him. And that's what we're going to see this morning. Y'all ready for this? You ready for the word of God? Me too. Now, Deuteronomy 7, 8, 7, 9 says this. So I'm going to help you on what the Bible says about knowing God. Therefore, know, everybody say no. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for thousands of generations. Now, right there, it's saying, listen, know that God's this way. When he establishes a principle, when he establishes something, any covenant, he keeps it forever. Everybody say he keeps covenant forever. Doesn't matter how long ever is, he keeps covenant forever. Thousands of generations, it says. He keeps coming. Now, the, the Hebrew word yada is, is an interesting word because it means to know by observation and to know by the perception of how you think about it and the experience of it. You can't tell me that's not a full understanding. That is full understanding, and that's the word God uses. Now, there's different terms for know, knowing in Scripture in Hebrew and Greek. And this is the one that's getting you to the place where you have full, complete understanding of something. You have full and complete understanding of different things in your life right now. One plus one equals two. No one in here is even second thought. You just, I got it. I know it. And we can build upon that and you have full understanding. Now, there are there's areas where I might throw an equation, a calculus or trigonometry to where, including myself, what? What? But there is an answer, isn't there? I just don't understand complete yada. I don't understand completely that area. Now, does it mean I never can? No. It means that I don't understand. And when I get full understanding and you give me that equation, I'll answer the question. And that's how it is with God. We are going to get to know him in the area of Christmas. So our lives can never be the same again. Because when you get this, you can't be tricked. You can't be fooled. Your operation, your life of faith is in so, it's such a power position. Stand in your faith, stand in your faith. And when you've done all the stand, military terms, stand. Ephesians chapter 6, talking about putting on the whole armor of God. It says, when you've done all the stand, stand. Military terms meaning you're not standing just like this. You're standing aggressively. You're standing with an understanding of, of watching out, protecting. See, when you look at the scripture correctly, you read it differently, don't you? Don't you? Each word has a purpose. Each word has a meaning. And we need to know this. Because when we look at this, quote, faith walk, not in what faith you are, religious term, but faith in our belief system, our belief system. And in the term repentance, it's tied to belief system. It's not tied to sin. It's tied to change how you think, change how you perceive. When we listen about sin, we're thinking about something we do. God's saying this is a nature issue and I need to change the nature of how you're thinking to a new nature the new creation. But does it stop there? No, it doesn't stop there because it says now we have to, Romans 12, 2, renew the mind. It's 
process. It's a fight to renew the mind, isn't it? Jesus says, you are more than a conqueror and all week long you've been a loser. Is that a warfare going on? Oh, it certainly is. It certainly is. The Bible says you are healed and you got snot running down your nose and you're coughing and everything's saying, no, you're not. Exactly. And that's exactly what the Bible's been going through since Abraham. The same exact thing. Abraham's being told you are a father of many nations and he doesn't have a kid. And when are we going to wake up to what God's word does and say? Because if we don't, we're going to keep rationalizing. Oh, logical thinking. And the scripture says, put away or cast down logismos. Logical thinking. Tear down strongholds. Logical thinking. Oh, I can keep going and going and going. You, all want, you want me to keep going? In other words, we're going to fight to the finish. Fight to the finish. Let's not allow ourselves to bow to the world, bow to religion, bow to opinions, bow to Santa Claus, bow to the normal Christianese of Christmas. Let's get the truth in us. That was just one scripture. Let's move on. Psalm 67, 2, that your ways may be known on the earth. Over and over, the Bible's telling us, I want you to know me. I'm not mysterious. I am precise in how I do things. I'm precise. You don't have to go through life going, well, it's something we'll never know. God's going, no, I want you to know. I want you to know. John 14, 7 says this. If you had known me, Jesus saying, if you had known me, you would have known my father. Me and the father are one. He didn't say, well, if you have known me and, and listen, I would have told you about him. He, you gotta. No, he said, everything I do, that's the father doing it. Everything I say, that's the father saying it. Whatever you see me is exactly what the father is. It's who he is. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Because Philip said, hey, Jesus, show us the father. He goes, take a good look, Philip. This is the father. That's pretty powerful. And what did Jesus do on this earth? And he healed them all. How many? Healed them all. Who does the Father heal? He heals them all. How's he healed them all? Through Jesus. Through Jesus. So let's walk in that cone of health. Amen? And you all listen to me right now. I want you to empower yourself and know that this belongs to you. It's your covenant. And God keeps covenant forever. Fight to the finish, people. Fight to the finish. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 3.10 says this, Therefore I was angry with this generation, talking about Israel, going, being delivered out of, it, out of Egypt, the world system. He says, I was angry and said, they always go astray in their heart. They always go astray in the heart and they did not know, yada, my ways. They, not, they did not fully understand my ways. Listen, people. We want to fill in the blanks. And when we don't know his ways, we fill in the blanks with what? Opinions, religion, feelings. Well, God just can't work that way. So we add in that belief system. That's why God gave us this. He wants us to know him. To know him. Know him. Why is this so important? Because when I wake up in the morning... I never go, well, I just don't feel one plus one equals two. I don't feel it does anymore. It just don't, I don't feel like it. No, feeling or not doesn't change the fact one plus one equals two. By the way, that simple statement is also an understanding of love. It is one plus one equals two. You feel God loves you or not, doesn't matter. Truth is, he loves you. Feel it or not, opinion or not, religion or not, it don't matter. God loves you. Mess in your life, God loves you. You need to start waking up every morning and saying that. God loves me. I don't. I wake up every morning saying God loves me big time. I'm greatly loved by the Father. 
He not only loves me, he likes me. I'm his number one son. I make, I, yeah, this is me. This is me. Don't get jealous. Don't get jealous. I talk that way. I just talk big with God. And who knows, maybe I just need to keep building myself up. But it's for me. Amen. It's for me. And I need you to start doing the same thing. I need you getting up and start proclaiming your day. I'm going all over on this right now. All right. So we can know. And we can know why God chose Mary and Joseph. Let's start here. Genesis chapter 12 and chapter 18 says this. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in Abraham. It starts with him. So we see here where God says, he starts with Abram, he says, this way it's going to be. 2 Samuel chapter 7, God says to David, your throne will be established forever. Your throne will be established forever. Now, the reason why this is important, because Matthew lays out the genealogy, and it says, Abraham, to David, to Jesus. Abraham to David to Jesus. Start with Abraham. He's the, I mean, Genesis chapter 3 establishes that by the woman's seed will bruise the head of the serpent. Starting off that a, a woman's going to bear a son that's going to be the deliverer. I mean, we start right there at the beginning. But Abram, Abraham is where that promise started. Y'all with me on this? All right. So we have this. And, and again, it's, why am I saying this? Because it's prophetically. God says this. This is how it has to happen. It has to come through the lineage of David. Well, what do we see in Mary and Joseph? They're both from the lines of David. Isn't that interesting? Both of them. Both of them go through the lineage of David. So on that truth, the Messianic prophecy, they're both in, in line for that. So there you can say, okay, well, that's a plus for them. Mary and Joseph. Because if they're not in that, it, it won't work. So God won't choose them. See, there's a purpose. There's a picture. Not mysterious ways. No, they have to. They have to blind to the line. Are you guys seeing that? Okay, so we get this. We understand that. So Acts 13, 22, it says, he made David their king. He testified concerning him. I have found... Watch this. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart who will do everything I want him to do. That's, that's a quotation for 1 Samuel 13, and, and, and which Samuel was telling uh, King Saul. But what he was saying is this. God looked for. Everybody say looked for. God looked. Now, this, this word right here is hurisco, hurisco. And it literally means to seek out to find specific, to seek out to find specific. God looked around to seek out to find specific someone that was after his own heart. You want me to believe that God just chose David and there's no other, he just said, well, I have to because David's a man. No. It's because David was doing something we see scripturally that brought God to stop at him. And what was that? Obedience, faithfulness, and he loved God and his covenant. This is before he's anybody. Right now, he's a nobody. He's a little teenage kid out there with some sheep being faithful. Faithful to what? His dad's call to protect the sheep. Being faithful to his dad. Honoring his father. Does not the Bible talk about the blessings of honoring your father and mother? Does it not talk about that? Does it talk about the importance of being obedient to your parents? Oh, 100%. Because if you don't, you can be stoned. And the point is, is God, is, it's not mysterious. It's God's looking and he stops at David. There's nowhere, listen. If you know the story and the understanding of Israel, God doesn't even want a king. He wants to be their king. 
But Israel kept pressing and pushing. And so they got what? Their choice. Saul. Uh, This guy was messed up, but they picked him. Why? Because they didn't look for someone after God's heart. They looked at someone that they could say, look at that king, he's buff. Saul was taller than anybody in Israel. The Bible says, shoulder to head, he was taller than all Israel. So this guy wasn't some, you know, normal average guy. When Saul walked around Israel, people go, there's Saul, there's Saul. It'd be like, you know, Shaq walking around. We would all know that he's not like us, right? And so that's what the, they, they picked him. It's got to be, look, he, look at him. He's a king. He's a picture of a king. And he, and he's, and he was a mess, a mess. And God said, okay, you want a king? I'm going to find one after my heart. He's going to do what? Find one after my heart. He didn't say, I'm going to find one just because. I'm going to pick one because I'm going to supernaturally make them into what I want. No, 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 no. He looked and he looked and he looked and he stopped at young David. And he saw David faithful to his parents. He saw David faithful in responsibility. He saw David faithful in the covenant of God. And when a, when a lion came in or bear came in to eat the sheep, David, knowing his covenant, attacked them and had victory over them. Oh, yeah, David was someone to stop at. He loved God with his whole heart. Now think about that. This isn't mysterious. This is what God does. This is what God does. Scripture is very clear. God looks and recognizes and puts favor and blessing on those that are faithful in the small things, the insignificant things. Not the glorious things, the little small things where people don't even realize it's happening, but you're faithful. You are the type of people that go to the next level for great things. Great things isn't defined by more people seeing it. Great things is defined by God, how he defines it. Doing great things for him. So I need you to recognize that. Being faithful at little things, when people aren't even really paying attention God's stopping at you. He smiles. He's excited about what you're doing. And he knows that, man, I can keep going with this person to do bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Just recognize it, okay? And that's how God works. So when he came to Mary, it's the same exact thing. And I will show you this. I'll prove my point, all right? Now, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, now we're in the Christmas story. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. They're in Nazareth. To a virgin, everybody say virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name, notice it says virgin again, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Isaiah 7, 14 says, and a virgin shall bear a child. So you got a prophetic, messianic promise, a prophetic word that says it's got to be a virgin to bring forth a child. Mary is a virgin. All right? Mary is a virgin. So there, right there, she, 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 she can't be picked if she's not. She's a virgin. It has to be a virgin. So right there, Mary is in a position to what? Be used of God. But also, she's betrothed. Everybody say betrothed. Isn't that a special word? It's actually an important one. In in those days, it wasn't dating. It wasn't tryout period. Being betrothed to someone was a, it, it was a covenant to the final act, covenant to the final act. In the way, in that time period, 
the Jews, recognize it as a legal position. So this isn't a position of, you know, we're going to just try this out. I'm going to date you and find out how you really eat your food and, you know, what type of person you want. No, it's actually a time period, a year time period where they're working and practicing on the ability to be the best husband, best wife they can be. That's what they're doing. But there's no sex involved at all. And so there's this year period of being trained, getting information. And, and just by statistics, just to let you know, when it comes to marriage, the more intense and longer you do premarital counsel, the higher statistically you stay married. Boom. There it is. Just helping you. Some of you need to know that. Statistically, I'm not bringing this up as, well, you know, it could be. No, statistically, it's a proven fact. What they did is they made sure for a whole year, they were recognizing the importance of preparation for the final part of that covenant. The final part of that covenant. Now, why is this important? Because first and foremost, God can't just take a virgin and all of a sudden she becomes pregnant with no connection with anyone. That in itself is going to bring all kinds of bad stuff in because by the law, she would be stoned instantly by the law. So her being betrothed to Joseph, if you remember, now maybe you don't know this, but in the scripture, a lot of times the Pharisees would make comments to Jesus being illegitimate. In other words, yeah, okay, you're, Joseph's your dad. And you guys weren't even married yet. Completed act. That's in the Bible. So there's this different, this picture where God's operating in a way to be able to bring forth the Son of God in a correct way. John 10, 1 talks about the sheep, the shepherd must enter in through the sheep fold. If he doesn't, he's a robber and a thief. If he enters any other way, how did Satan enter in? The wrong way. He stole it by deception. He was able to pull it from Adam. And by that, he's a thief and a robber. Jesus said, I come in through the sheep fold. In other words, I come in the natural way. The natural way, not with Joseph, but the seed of God was implanted into the egg of Mary. And that birth became a non-Adam birth, which that's how the fall of man, the fall of people came about. The sin nature started with Adam and Eve. And from that point, everybody afterwards has the nature of sin. You're all worried about the apple. It's the tree that's the problem. The apple is the fruit of the nature. Christians, they, they just focus in on the actions of sin. You need to focus in on nature and you can set your life free. You can become so much freer in that manner. But if you're looking on acts of sin, you're going to be bound in a bondage state forever. No matter how holy and righteous you are, you're going to be totally focused in, in a judgmental walk and in your deficiencies. Because the book, the, all the Old Testament shows you can't be good enough. You're never going to be good enough. If you could, we don't need Jesus. All right. Am I going too deep for you? You guys good? You guys, are you getting this? All right. Once you start realizing this, so I'm, what, Pastor, how does it have to do with Christ, Christmas? Everything. Everything about what I'm saying is Christmas. See, look, the background, Christmassy. It's Christmas. All right. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to the man whose name is Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Rejoice what? Highly favored one. What happened? God has sought out a woman after his own heart. God is seeking out a man after his own heart. 
what do we see? 100% we see Joseph and Mary focused in on serving God first in their lives. That's powerful. That's powerful. So you got this power couple that love Jesus. Well, not love Jesus, love God. They haven't had Jesus yet. Or Mary hasn't had Jesus yet. They love God. They love God. Proof is in scripture. They love God. I believe with all my heart, if we could have, now, their lives from scripture, before scripture to what we're reading are not necessary. In other words, God didn't feel it needed to have information in there. Why? Because he feels information from Genesis on. He talks about what's necessary to have me stop. What's necessary for favor to be placed on you. He talks about it. So all of a sudden he stops at Mary and says, highly favored one, blessed. Blessed are you, blessed are you. Why? Why Mary? Because this girl was raised right, trained right, and now is operating right. God number one, God number one. Because of her upbringing, God number one. Because of her feeling in here, her desire to have this relationship foremost in her life. Now, was it operating at the level that we get to operate in? No. She's still in the old covenant, but she's operating with an attitude like David that said, you know what? God's covenant is priority for my life. Mary's operating at that level, at that high level. I will show you in scripture as well as Joseph too. And so we have this picture where Jesus is going to be born in what city? Where are they at right now? Nazareth. You guys are listening to me, right? They're right now in Nazareth. But the baby's born in Bethlehem. That's the next stage, which is so awesome because Joseph, his hometown is Bethlehem. So what happens? Well, they're, they're going to have Jesus and Mary's about eight months pregnant. She's, she's come and do. Now, ladies, if the, you know, moms, you know what it's like eight months. You ain't running, you know, marathons. You know, it's not like you run into the gym and go, I got to get a good workout today. Eight months just getting up to go to the bathroom the 30th time. In the, in, in, you know what I'm saying, ladies? Moms, am I talking correctly? All right. This is like, you know, it's painful. I know it was painful for me to watch, you know. It was. I mean, Pastor Lab, you walk in this, this walk, this walk like this, you know, and you're thinking, is she going to make it even to the bathroom? How much time do we have left? But the point is, is here we have Joseph who lives in Bethlehem that's in Nazareth right now. Both of them are in Nazareth. Now, we got a problem here. But see, God already knows where he's from. And all of a sudden, Herod says, I want the whole Roman Empire. I want everybody to go back where they're birthed. And we're going to take a census. And so Joseph had to take Mary to Bethlehem. That's pretty powerful, huh? What if Joseph wasn't from Bethlehem? He can't be picked. See, Mary wasn't in Bethlehem. But God didn't see anyone in Bethlehem. He would have stopped in Bethlehem. If there was someone that was at Mary's heart desire for God, he would have chose her. He would have chose Meredith in Bethlehem. But there wasn't. He stopped at Mary. And Mary, by the way, just so you know this. Now, this is Bible times. Everybody say Bible times. She's like 12 or 13 years old. So we're not, you know, you see Mary and it's like an older lady with Jesus. Now, she was just a, she was just a kid, 
12 or 13 year old. Now, we understand back in those days, they're different than a 12 or 13 year old today. I mean, it's just a whole different mindset, a whole different training, a whole different raising. Hold, you change training, you change a child. Don't assume your children have to be the way they are. They don't. They are the way you train them to be. If you were a little soft being trained, you're going to be soft with your kids. And believe me, hard does not mean mean. Hard, I'm talking about in the understanding of what does God talk about discipline? What does the God talk about future, expectation, belief, building, encouraging? It's a whole different mindset when you look at God and his ways to our ways. Our ways being how we train. The softer each time period went, in other words, great-grandma to, great, to grandma to mom to you, however it continued to change is how you're raising your kids. Now, you might be thinking, well, no, I don't want to do that. I don't care what you want to do. You're going to do exactly what you've been trained to do unless, unless you consciously, everybody say consciously, you consciously do things different. In other words, it's work. It's hard. It's not simple. It isn't. Subconscious is. You just do it the way you always done it. I don't care how you feel. You're going to do it exactly the way you're trained. Or worse. But you ain't going to do a good job unless you choose to consciously make changes. And then it'll be according to whatever you do from that point. Now, that can be a positive or a negative. It all depends on what your belief system is. All I'm saying is, is you can't just rely on, I'm just going to be better because I feel like it. No, you won't. It's going to be better because you choose it to be better. Y'all getting this? All right. Now, so God recognized this. So they're going to go to Bethlehem just like it's supposed to. The child is going to be born in Bethlehem. They're in Nazareth. So Joseph does what? He moves to Bethlehem. Now, let's go on with the story. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Verse 28. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw the angel, she was troubled at what he was saying. I don't know about you. That totally freaks me out because I certainly wouldn't be troubled at what he's saying. Some angel appear in my room and talk to me. I'm going to be troubled that he appeared. But it ain't bothering her. Angel appears, starts talking to her. She's like going, huh, that's interesting. What are you saying? What does that mean? I mean, this girl, this young girl had such an attitude and connection with God that this didn't even bother her. She probably was focusing in on all the different Old Testament history lessons of angels appearing. Right when that happened, she probably was singing about, hey, wait a minute. I remember my mom and dad talking to me about Gideon and how the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, hey, mighty man of valor. And Gideon was like going, who are you talking to? And she probably remembers these stories of the angel of the Lord appearing. And when that angel appeared to her, it doesn't shake her. It doesn't bother her. Why? Because her focus is with God. She was taught about God. We see it in the scripture where her parents would take her to the temple. You go, where's that in scripture? What does Mary do all the time? She's at the temple. She made it her custom to be at the temple. Every time there was a feast, she would be at the temple. How'd she do that? Because she was trained that way. Train up a child in the way they should go. When they get old, they will not depart from it. That is good and that is bad. Because no matter how you train, that's how they're going to be. And I know love, people like to point fingers. Just start pointing fingers like this. Now, I want us to be able to do this all proud and boastful. That's right. That's my boy. That's my girl. We're doing it right. But when they start screwing up, notice how parents blame each other. They blame the grandma. They blame the school. They blame this. They blame that. Sorry. Sorry. It's all you. I know people like to hear that, but I don't care. You know, I like to speak truth. Look to yourself, parents. Look to yourself. Do the right thing. All will be good. You might be thinking, well, does that mean they're going to be perfect? Oh, heck no. I wish so. 
That would be awesome. But no, but know this. As they get older, they're going to stay on track. They're going to stay on track. There are times where they're going to be tested. They're going to be tried. They're going to be have issues where, you know, they're going to be able to make a choice all by themselves going, I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. It, it ultimately, good is going to win out. Good will win out because God said so. Are you all with me? God said so. So that's okay. You just, listen, parent, if you've been doing this right thing and you put prioritize God, ultimately, you're going to say, it's okay. They're going to be okay. I know it looks bad. I know it might look rough right now, but they're going to be okay. The God's word is true. He doesn't lie. My covenant's tight with that word. It'll be okay. And I promise you, it will be okay. But if you train them in a different way to where you wish it would work, your wishes don't do nothing. Your training does everything. You guys hearing me? Don't do what I do. Do what I say. That don't work. That don't work. People, I've seen this. I've seen this over and over and over and over again. Where parents put church, God, secondary. And then they want their kids to live God primary. Guess what? No, they won't. They're going to do exactly as you train them. What was priority of their lives? What did they see that said, no, you know, this is more important. I know it bothers you when I say this stuff, but I do it for a purpose. I want you to recognize. Because otherwise you're blaming. And you can blame God. And you just don't want to be that. You want to do the right thing. Amen? Do the right thing. Do the right thing. I want God stopping at my house. I want God looking and saying, oh, Daniel, oh, Daniel, he's got big, I'm a Matthew, he's got big things. I've got, got Matthew. They'll be faithful in small things. Why? Because I'm training them to. Not because they're just good kids. No. They're good because I'm working their butt offs to be good. I'm making sure they're being good. I'm not allowing them not to be good. And if some bad comes in, it's not because of me. But they can deal with it. They can understand, no, this ain't the right way. That's what I'm expecting. Are you guys hearing me? Or is this a little too deep for you guys? Or am I touching home very closely to where I'm stepping on some toes and you see people are going, ow, 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 ow. It's all in love. It's all in love. Okay, it's all in love. So we see the importance of God looks, stops at Mary, says you. God knows Joseph. He says you. This connection is perfect. They're betrothed. A child coming forth is not necessarily a good picture in the rules and regulations of Israel. But it's something that can be done. It's something that can be done. Remember, God established the rules. He said, if you're pregnant without being married, you get stoned. In the betrothal, if you're pregnant, you get stoned. You get rocked to death. That's in the Old Testament. And what do we see? Both of them, in the natural, being a cause of concern. But what does Mary do? She's concerned about what the angel said, which is interesting. How, do you, how are you in that position? It's been about God in her life. She's listened to the history, the lessons, just like scripture says. God told Israel, train your children in the home, outside the home, in the morning, in the night. He said, train them about God's word. Train them about my ways. And that's what her parents did. That's what Joseph's parents did. They're both been trained in a good way. How do I know that? Because we see their lives. This isn't a show. This isn't religion. This isn't Christianese. This is people that they're grounded in this life with God. It's powerful. I love the picture of it because it brings hope to all of us. It's just not perfect, sinless Mary, perfect Joseph. No, their sin. 
That's why God had to do this his way. He goes in the correct way. And then Jesus is going to be birthed on this earth without the seed of Adam. That's why he's called the last Adam. And guess what? He could screw up just like Adam. He was tempted in every way. Tempted in every way. But he didn't fall. He didn't fall. He stood ground. When they came at him, what did he do? I'm God! Hammer! No. That was Thor. I don't know why. It's weird. No, what did he do? It is written. God's word. It is written. What did David do when he ran up to Goliath? When he, went, when he saw Goliath and the whole army of Israel is in fear, David said, hey, let's take the fool out. He's talking nasty about the covenant of God. No one talks this way about my God. No one talks this way about my covenant. You need to start paying attention to the heart of David and get that in your life. When you're dealing with something, you need to say, no one stands against this. Sickness doesn't stand against this covenant. Failure doesn't stand against this covenant. I'm going to win. I'm going to have success. I'm going to keep pressing. Why? Because it's my covenant. It's what the word of God says. And when you start doing that, miraculous things happen. Big, awesome things happen. People start looking at you and you go, how'd that happen? You know, like a dog, you know, they sit there and make you weird noise and start doing this. And what is that? What is that? That's how a lot of us are going to have people looking at us because God's going to see us on. I love Jesus. Number one. I'm his, I love Jesus. Number one. And we start operating this life. Jesus. Number one. Let me explain something to you what that means. It means you are less religious and more life-giving. Less judgmental, more filled with grace. When it's Jesus number one, that's how you operate. There's hope for everybody. All right, so here, here, here he is saying, you are chosen. You are chosen. I like this, and this is pretty powerful. He said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. In other words, God has a special purpose for you, a special purpose for you. Mary said, I'm concerned. I don't understand. I hear your word, but the plan I don't get. Please listen to the words of Mary. Please listen to the words of your pastor. This is the ABCs of how we grow in faith, grow in the maturing of what we have. It's recognizing you don't understand first. You obey first. Understanding comes with the obedience. What do we do as people coming to church? We go prove it. We're fighting this word based upon our opinion, our feelings, our truths. And God says, you want to line up the way I do things? Become like a child. And how do children learn? All of you understand this. You're thrown in a school. You know nobody. Maybe a neighbor kid was your age. He's in your class. Maybe not. But you're in this whole group of people that are foreign to you. You're not at home anymore watching cartoons. Your parents dropped you off and said, adios, son. And you're sitting there in this class with people you know, a lady don't, you don't even know. And the thing your parents tell you is, do what she says, listen to her, obey her. And y'all were the same exact way. And no one put a stink up about it. No one threw a fit. No parents rose up and said, no, my children will not do that. We all on this planet Earth did that. It's a natural principle, meaning it's a spiritual truth. This is how you learn. And how do people do when they come to church? Prove it. I don't agree with that. Dude, you got saved last week. How can you talk that way? I don't agree with that. You don't know nothing. And until you recognize obedience first, then comes the understanding. You ain't gonna get it. How'd you get born again? Did you understand it before you did it? No one did. No one. You went, Jesus, <laughs> I believe Jesus. 
You didn't go, I understand the whole understanding of righteousness and what it took for Jesus that was, that was uh, outside of the sin nature. And because of that, he, he who knew no sin became sin for me that I might become the righteous. You didn't do that. Nobody does that. You didn't know anything. You went on obedience first. Jesus, save me. And then understanding comes, right? If you choose it to, you can block that as well. But we have to allow the teaching to come in. And this is exactly what we're seeing here because Mary goes, I'm going to be birthing. I don't know. I'm, I, I've, I've never been with anybody. So her thing is, is how does that take place? How can that happen? She didn't go, what are you, out of your mind? That's impossible. She didn't say that. That's what we say. That's why God didn't choose us as Mary's. Well, mine more obvious, maybe you women though. But do you hear what I'm saying? It, it's, they, she didn't do that. She went, I don't, I'm not clear on the how part. I mean, is there something I need to do? I mean, what is what? I mean, literally, this is what she's doing. She's going, I don't, I'm, I'm not grasping that. And then the angel says, don't, don't fear. Don't worry about it. This is what will happen. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And then you will be with a child. And she's like going, no, I don't think so. That doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I don't, uh, you need to clarify that more. You need, I don't believe that. I don't feel that's the right way. No. Her attitude has always been God first. I'll obey you. She ain't freaking out an angel popping in. She's concerned about how that works. Why would that concern her? Because she's obedient. An obedient person is someone that's trying to, well, how, how do I follow through? How, is there a part I need? What, what do I need to do? What, how does this work? Do you guys, are you guys hearing me? We got to carry, listen, that's why I tell people, come in with ears to hear. What that means is, and Jesus was making this comment all the time. What it means is, get your heart settled that you're ready to receive something. Come in with that attitude. I swear to you right now, I promise you, you will get something. But prep yourself before you come in. You want to level up in life. This is how you do it. Come in with, because see, you're going to argue, you're going to fight. Someone took too long to get ready, blah, 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 blah. The person cut in front of you. They got your favorite parking place, whatever. I mean, just all kinds of things happen. And then you come into church like, yo, all right, let's get this thing over with. You ain't going to get nothing. You're wasting your time. It's a waste of time. I don't come, I don't do anything for the purpose of wasting time. So we can just hang out together and go, look, we go at the church, put your church brownie button on. Ha <laughs> ha. I thought it was good too. Thank you for your laugh. But do you see what I'm saying? We don't do that. We come to receive something to impact our Monday. That's why we're here. Monday matters. Everybody say Monday matters. Amen. We all can play church right now. <laughs> right? Well, I'll play it now. But Monday matters. When I get up in the morning, how am I going to be? Am I going to put church on? No, I want life on. I want life on. This is what this word's going to produce, life. Are you guys following me? Okay, so we see, we see Mary going, okay, I'll do this thing. Joseph's now. Joseph is like going, pregnant, what, huh? What, what do you mean, you're, you're pregnant? What is Joseph's attitude? Listen, this is so important. How do we know Joseph's the right guy? Because he does this. He starts contemplating how can he divorce? Everybody say divorce. Remember, they're betrothed. They're not full marriage yet. See what I'm saying? This year is a covenant. It's not like a trial. It's, it's you're married, but not at the full part of marriage. But you are married. So now he's thinking, how can I divorce her? And the Bible says secretly. Why? Because every divorce had to have why? Because she went out with some guy and got pregnant. Right? You're not going to think, well, because God got her impregnated. No, it's, it's the first thought is, is what is the truth? The truth is, Mary been cheating on me. Right? Gosh! You want proof? 
The guy's such a man of character. He isn't going, because the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. And the Holy Spirit implanted. None of that is a part of him. He doesn't know anything. And the guy knows she's pregnant. And he's so concerned about her reputation and not his. Why'd he pick Joseph? There you go. A man of character, integrity. He's thinking she cheated on him and she still cares about Mary. Oh yeah, I'd say God picked the right person. He picked the right person. And then the angel comes that night and says, don't worry about it, bud. What does he do? Ah, angel! Him as well. He's like, well, actually his was a dream. So he's got a dream going on where I'd be thinking, ah, that Jerusalem pizza shop, I got to quit eating there. But it wasn't. It wasn't a pizza dream. Why? Because his dream had God and angels speaking to him. And by the way, what does that mean if he ain't freaking out? What does that mean if he's paying attention? I present to you the facts that God's talked to him before in dreams. He already knows this. God says, hey, Joseph, hey, I think you should do this. Yes, sir, I'll do this. You know, Joseph, instead of doing it this, I think you should do this. Yes, I hear you. I hear you, God. I'll do it exactly the way you want it. I believe that he's already had his connection with God and his talks with God. I believe Mary has her connection with God and her talks with God. And when these things are going on, they aren't freaking out. Why? Because they hang out with God. And guess what? Old Testament is clear on that is possible and that is available. People just didn't want to do it. Did not God call someone the friend of God? Did he? Who was that? Who? The person we started at the very beginning with, Abraham. Noah, tight with God. Moses, tight with God. David, so tight with God. Solomon, tight with God. I didn't name one perfect person yet. All tight with God. Joseph's tight with God. And now Joseph is being told by an angel, don't worry, that's God's kid. I just need you to do the right thing. Wait till Jesus' birth. By the way, you're going to name him Jesus. That's the, the father's position to name the child. Okay, so angel told Joseph, call him Jesus. And Joseph says, what's wrong with Joseph? Joseph Jr., I was thinking maybe Joseph Jr., maybe getting a two and a three. You know, what's wrong with Joseph? No. What was his attitude? Okay. Done. And what do we see? We see him with Mary pregnant. This is my, this is my beloved. Man, is this awesome. This is a good picture of marriage, isn't it? Protect. Watch over. Started with his love first. God. And it rolled down from there. You want to love people, right? Love him first. Love Jesus first. It'll get you to love yourself, and then you love others. But love screwed up when you don't have this. This is number one. If this ain't working, I don't care what you do. It ain't going to work. You go by feeling love, not God love, which is not based on feeling. Not based on feeling. So Joseph submits to it, takes Mary as his wife. Bible's very clear that they have kids later on. So awesome how this all works out. What's so cool is also Joseph's attitude. God said, time to go to Bethlehem. He takes Mary, goes to Bethlehem. They're in Bethlehem. They're in Bethlehem. Have a child in, in a cave in a animal feed trough. They put the baby in. Shepherds come, check them out. Shepherd, you got the animals, little drummer boy. You got them all there. They're all there. 
No three kings. It's not the Bible. No three kings. I know you got it in your house right now. It's okay. It's false teaching. It's not biblical, but whatever. I do too, I think. I don't know. The point is, is they're not there. There's not three kings. There's probably, there were more than three. There were three gifts. That doesn't mean three kings. There were three gifts. Now, they came, not then, they came later. They came when Jesus was in a house. What does that show me? That shows me that when they came, there was no room at the inn. Not that Joseph didn't have any money. By the way, carpenter is a mistranslation in the Greek. In the Greek language, Joseph was a master craftsman. It's not carpenter in the Greek master craftsman. In other words, what he did was at the highest level work. In other words, he was not a poor carpenter. But again, we, we, we get into these, these, these fantasy beliefs and these religious, you know, uh, inputs to try to make you feel this is the view of where you need to look. It's not true. Joseph, Joseph was prosperous. How do I know that? Because it's very clear in scripture. Now he's in a house. Where'd he get the house? It makes no statement in scripture that it was someone else's house. It says the Magi, which traveled in large groups, came to Jesus as a young child, technon two years and younger. So Jesus is at two years or younger. Well, how do I know that? Because Herod said, kill every baby two years and younger. So this happened year, year and a half, two years most. Jesus is in the house and then they come and present gifts in the house. Everybody got that? Anybody freaking out on me right now? Okay, y'all good? All right. So what happens then? Well, we know that Herod is out to kill Jesus because that's what the prophecies say. So ultimately, the Magi drop off their gifts. what they leave? Gold, frankincense, and what? Myrrh. All these things are expensive. Who'd they give them to? Joseph and Mary. They got a ton of cash right now. I'm not kidding you. You think they just dropped off here? Here's some myrrh. Here's a gold. Where'd it go? Here. Ding. You kidding me? They got bank, people. Bank. They're living in a house. How? Joseph bought a house. We all freaking out on religion instead of truth. Let's get truth in us. And then what happened? God said, Go to Egypt. And what did Joseph say? I just bought the house. We just, she just finished the house, the crib, the baby's room. God, come on. No, what did he say? Quickly, he said, out of here. And they moved to Egypt. Every time God, what? Spoke to Joseph he quickly obeyed. I'm just trying to teach you something. Why did God chose Mary and Joseph? Because they followed the principles of scripture in their relationship with him. They understood his ways. They understand how he operated. They recognized be faithful in the small things. You'll be faithful and great. They recognize obedience is the key to success. They recognize that, hey, sometimes you have to believe before you understand everything. But guess what? We believe God and we know understanding will come. Both of them, both of them live that type of life. And guess what? That's how you should be living your life right now. As we build on our understanding, as we build on the knowledge of God's word, we get clarity. Don't fill in the blanks, grow up. Just, and I'm not saying a negative, just grow up, enjoy the walk. Don't let the religious Christians try to force you to go to eighth grade when you're only a third grader. Don't let them do that. Say, I'm okay. I'm growing in this. I'm growing in this. I'm good. I'm growing this. As long as I'm growing in it, all's good. All's good. That doesn't mean it's going to take years and years and years. It doesn't mean that. But what it means is you understand the principle of growth. I'm going to learn a lot of things in the Bible where I'm going to go, what does that mean? But I'm going to receive it. 
because I know the answer will come. Why? Because God wants me to know him. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.